Welcome into the Off the Post podcast. I'm Nikolai. I'm with my co-host, Lucas Tashi. Today, we're talking about the Champions League. We're talking about the Yellow Submarines and Villarreal. And we go through the remaining results and the semifinals preview. Then we talk about the Europa League. We talk about Barcelona letting me down, gambling-wise. And we go into the Europa Conference League a little bit. We're also going to talk about the previous results from the weekend and we're going to get into our bets we hope you guys enjoy the show we didn't think Villarreal was going to go through and they did bro what we absolutely downplayed Villarreal the entire time last weekend uh, last week and now they pull off this magic like how uh this is why I love the Champions League this is like just beautiful stuff all around anybody can win even in a two-legged two-leg game, Villarreal just had two chances to score, and they took them. Bayern made two mistakes, and Villarreal made them pay. Insane. I, I think they did everything they had to to win. Um, they they like, I mean, listen, they they didn't convert their shots right. Bayern dominated position after they scored, but like. They won the first fixture, right? So all everyone at Bayern Munich who is like complaining about how like Villarreal played, I saw Khan like set, made some comments and stuff, and they're they're talking about how like you know upset they are. Uh, it just seems like they're they're salty about like not qualifying, right? Because in my eyes, even though the stats lean heavily towards Bayern, Villarreal went out, they won the game in the first leg, right, and then they drew the second leg. At Bayern Munich, so so to me, it's just it doesn't seem like, you know, they don't deserve to go through. In my eyes, they they absolutely deserve to be here in the semifinal. And you know, we're, we're going to talk about how that kind of stacks up against Liverpool and everything. But in my eyes, I feel like it was deserved. Yes, yeah, um, hundred percent deserved. Uh, Unai Emery, he is doing some magical things with that team. Uh, yeah, it, honestly, it really is fun. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a shame. Uh, we haven't talked about this, but it's gonna be a shame in 2024 when the Champions League restructures their format to essentially incorporate any team that has historical back uh, historical uh, performances for the past ten years. They're consistently doing well, and they may not do well. And then they're still allowed in the Champions League. And then also on top of that, there's not going to be group stages anymore for the Champions League. It's all going to be one group playing a league style. And then the top eight teams essentially move on to the knockout round. And then teams 9 to 32 play a play-in game. So, So this is similar to what is done in American sports. The NBA is the first one that comes to mind where top eight teams or top six teams move on to the playoffs and then the rest have to have a playing game. This is what the Champions League's doing. But if this is what the Champions League's doing, you're going to lose a lot of the uh, excitement that is currently going on with something like a Villarreal being able to advance this this well. So honestly, right now I'm loving it. It's incredible to see, uh, not to downplay it, but we both expect Liverpool to move on to the finals, right? I don't know, man. We've been wrong two times in a row, so I don't know. Uh, Liverpool didn't really, uh, I mean, I don't know. They kind of sat back uh, against Benfica, right? And like let 
stuff happen. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Villarreal, you know, I mean they they beat Juventus, they beat Bayern Munich, they have Liverpool to play. Like I don't I don't feel like I feel like they've earned the right to not be ruled out, right? Mm-hmm. Liverpool is obviously favored, but um I don't know. I don't know what will happen because Villarreal plays very well on the counterattack. They're used to sitting back and absorbing pressure. Uh, yeah. Liverpool loves to press, right? Loves to press and advance the ball in those areas. And I think if Villarreal cedes possession to Liverpool, right, and has has uh, you know their playing style as they did against Bayern, as they did against Juventus, I could see them. Uh, I could see them doing well because defensively they are they are very well sound and yep. they perform very well. So I, I can't rule them out. I would say Liverpool's favored for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, we quickly touched on Liverpool advancing, but let's talk about how they advanced. So we talked about how last week they had that 3-1 aggregate advantage. Um, this week in Anfield, actually a really exciting game. High goal scoring affair right there. Liverpool and Benfica draw 3-3. I... Uh, Honestly, Benfica putting three goals past Liverpool is a very impressive feat. Uh, but, of course, Liverpool was playing their second squad in this game. So it's not as impressive as as you would think. Still, you have to give credit where it's due um, to Liverpool doing the work in the first leg, not having to play their stars in the second leg. Uh, definitely uh, well-deserved to move on. And they look really, really strong right now. Yeah. Really strong. I mean, they rested because they play Man City again. Again. Right? So so it's just – and then they go on to play Manchester United on Tuesday, and then they have the Merseyside Derby uh, on the 24th, right? So, like, a lot of games coming up for them that are important. The Champions League semifinals on the 27th. A lot of strings of pretty, pretty tough games, I mean, except for Everton, but that's a derby. And, yeah. um, I mean – it's exciting to see Benfica doing well. It's it's cool to see Darwin Nunes score again. Only confirms everything that we've said about him and that we're both fans. Um, but pretty much business as usual, right? Yeah. Manchester City, Atletico Madrid drawing 0-0. Oh, I, man. Dude, this was like a soap opera. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. And, I'm, and I, I mean, I just like... The whole reactions near the end of the games, the fighting in the tunnel. Uh, <laughs> I forgot who it was, but uh, I think it's Kondongia, like uh, getting poked in the eye by the referee by like accident, basically, and just like flinching, you know, like just all this crazy stuff with Grealish, Grealish calling, uh, I forgot who it was, the C word, and the the guy just grabbing him by <laughs> the hair and pulling it. Yes, yes, dude. The red card by Felipe, like it's just so, so much drama. Uh, pretty much not entertaining up until like the second half, and then it was just such a good time. Yeah, that was that second half was unreal. Um, it was like something written out of like WWE with yeah. that storyline. Unreal stuff. It was so much fun to watch that second half. Um, but Atletico looked really strong in that second half. They, they looked like they were actually going to draw the game and come back and at least force overtime but the opposite happened of the first game where Atleti dropped back parked the bus 
in the second half of the second game, Man City dropped back and parked the bus. Something that you would never expect Man City to do. Um, but Pep legit did that. Uh, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. Um, but they also could have put the game away in the first half. They yep. hit the post. Uh, Gundogan hit the post. But so many chances in that second half for Atletico Madrid. Like, yes, they weren't on target. But the opportunities and the quality of the opportunities were so, so high. Um, but at the end of the day, the first game really showed that Atletico wasn't there to win it. They were there to just hold it. And that's what's justified with the 1-0 aggregate after City won that first game 1-0 and then the 0-0 draw in that second game. They were just there to see the game out, essentially. Um, so I'm glad. Not not glad. From an entertainment perspective, City was the better team to move on. From a me being a Manchester United perspective, I hate both these teams, and I wish both can get kicked out just because they fought. Uh, but like that would that would never happen. Yeah, just, wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, but City is rightfully moving on, um, and they are facing. Your team. If you want to recap that game, Nick, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, this game, Lucas, you actually saw it. I was not able to see it because I was flying back home uh, from Vegas. But what ends up happening is Real Madrid do uh, something where they think the result's over. You know, they're putting posters up saying that they're the kings of, uh, of the Champions League, right? And, I mean, do nothing but, like, motivate Chelsea, who... Last week, right, they were coming off a couple of uh, a really bad result, essentially. Um, and then they ended up losing to Real Madrid. They blow out Southampton. They gained the momentum back, uh, regain their, re- essentially regained their, their form and their, their identity, right? And uh, end up taking it to Madrid, basically, in, you know, most of the game. They dominated most of the game. Yeah. Uh, so I, let me jump in here. Um, but, since, I, like, like you said, you were on a flight. You couldn't watch. Chelsea, first 65 to 70 minutes, dominated, fully dominated. Uh, they put three goals. They scored three goals. Um, but actually, there was a fourth goal, and it was called back for a handball on VAR. Rightful handball. Um, but if that wasn't called back from VAR, Real Madrid would not be in this fixture right now. Uh, after that 70th minute mark, it just took one magical moment from Luka Modric to Rodri, Rodrigo uh, to score, but the pass that Modric, pass of the season, assist of the season, unbelievable pass. Like, I still can't believe that that happened. It was an outside of the boot, literally perfectly placed on a platter for Rodrigo. And also, Rodrigo had a lot of work to do, too, because it was a volley. He side-footed it into the top right corner. Man, that game was incredible. Back and forth action. And Chelsea still had a chance to win it. Then, in extra time, I mean, our Ballon d'Or winner right here, Benzema, scores and essentially puts it away. Like... Rightfully deserved, to be honest. We've said Real Madrid is the better team, but Chelsea put it on them. Um, 
Really, really fun game to watch. Nick, you missed out on that one. But you I'm must be excited anyways. I'm kind of glad I did, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it, was, it was so crazy when you saw, when you texted me, right? It had just turned 3-1. It had just turned 3-1. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't watch the game because I was boarding my like my essentially my connecting flight to go back home. And uh, I, I literally just checked the score just as the plane flies and I see three, two. And I'm like, all right, like we're, we're good here. I don't have to worry too much about this. But uh, had I watched the game, I probably would have had a heart attack because I don't know. It just to me, it seems like they had already kind of thought that the, the game was over just based on what they were saying and what the fans were doing and, and, and what the club itself was doing before the second leg had to be played, right? And, uh, I mean, all credit to Chelsea. They fought back. They're a big club. They should be able to fight back, right? And, um, I mean, the results of the first leg and really like a crucial mistake for the Benzema goal too because I re- if I remember correctly – uh, wasn't it Conte that just basically made yeah. the mistake and was at fault for Benzema yeah. scoring? Yeah. So, I mean, with that being said, it's just tired legs ending up uh, being Chelsea's demise. But at the same time, they're going to make the Champions League. They'll be back in it next year. Uh, whatever happens with their outside situation will be to will be de- uh, determined, right? But still, nothing to uh, hang your hat on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, going into the semifinals, I mean, we already alluded to this with the Liverpool ben, uh, Liverpool and Villarreal matchup. Nick, are you in agreement with me that Liverpool should advance to the final? Yeah, I would pick Liverpool. Um, I know Villa, we've been wrong about Villarreal both times, but uh, I don't know. I would pick Liverpool. I would love for Villarreal to go through, though, So yeah. because because it would be a great story. Uh and if they play Man City, I would love for them to beat Man City. If they would have had by far the toughest path to to a you know a Champions, it you beat Juventus, you beat Bayern, you beat Liverpool, and then you end up potentially beating Man City. If they play Madrid, I hope Madrid smokes them. Um, I think I don't know, man. It's going to be tough, but I, I agree that Liverpool will go through. Who do you think will go through for Real Madrid, Man City? Because you know who I'm going to pick. Yeah, we know you're going to pick Real Madrid. Oh, this is a very, very tough one. Um, it's a matter of a team versus an individual impact on the game. So if Benzema and Modric take over the game against Man City, I could see them advancing. However, if City get their tactics sorted out ahead of time, they get into proper form, I think this is City's to lose. I would favor right now Man City. Okay. However, I would like Real Madrid to uh, advance. Okay, that makes sense. I think I mean, we've, Madrid- said, we've said this since December. Real Madrid, those odds that we originally called out, which was like plus 2,800 in December to win the whole thing, they looked like they were in the best form. Yeah. So, honestly, uh, I would like to see them continue that run. Their form throughout the entire season has continued to be stellar. And but also Man City has as well, so it, it'll be an interesting one for sure. No, I agree with that 100%. I think if you if I'm looking at you know advantages versus disadvantages for uh, Manchester Manchester City versus Real Madrid, I would say that you know defensively, uh, 
I don't know, man. Defensively, it's a wash to me. Like I could, I could see why you would favor probably Man City a little bit more. Offensively, though, uh, in terms of creativity, for sure, Man City has a slight advantage. But I just think that Real Madrid center uh, midfield positions, you know, Valverde, Cruz, Modric, I think they're they are better than Rodri and Gundogan. I mean, De Bruyne is on their level, right? Uh, you can say in some circumstances that he's better. But I, th- I could see the potential for Real Madrid uh, having a dominant performance in midfield and that being the keys to their success. Because with Manchester City, they're, they're glaring weaknesses. They don't have a striker. So there could be circumstances where, uh, where they don't create enough chances to score, right? There has been situations this season where they've created numerous chances. They haven't been able to score. And it just really depends on if they can get a couple of goals in one of these games. If they do, then Man City is very likely to go through, and we'll have Man City Liverpool again. Um, but I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Real Madrid, and I think the final will be a rematch of Real Madrid Liverpool, and I think Real Madrid will win it again. That that would be very interesting. I mean, a Man City Liverpool final would be my worst nightmare because there's a possibility that Man City or Liverpool can win the treble. So that would be my worst nightmare. Also, objectively, right? Uh, one of them could also uh, be runner-up for the treble in all three competitions, right? And then there's also um, actually no, they one of them cannot be runner-up in the treble because they face each other this weekend in, in the FA Cup. Oh, you're right. You're right. I mean, I mean, coming, but they lose essentially to the team that to yes. win it hypothetically. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, uh, but I think I think that you know if Liverpool and Man City go through, those have obviously been the two best teams in England. Uh, we view them as you know two of the the four best teams in the world right now. So it'll it'll only be it'll only be interesting to see. Real Madrid is in that conversation as well, right? Bayern was, but Bayern has kind of been disappointing this year uh, by their standards, and we'll see we'll see what happens. It's going to be fun. It will be fun for sure. Now, getting into the Europa League results, uh, honestly, not actually, no, there was a lot of surprises. <laughs> uh, let, let's recap the games and then, uh, Nick, I'm going to give you the floor. Okay. How does that sound? So, sure. RB Leipzig won 2 0 against Atalanta. Atalanta's form has just been horrendous over the past few months, really, really took a real dip in form. Um, so RB Leipzig has has advanced to the semifinals. West Ham putting on a show away in France against Lyon, winning 3-0. Rangers winning 3-1. This game went into extra time. It was 2-1. Uh, what a, I didn't watch it, but like I saw the highlights. What a game, though. Um, but Rangers were the better side for sure. Uh, and then rightfully moved on to the uh, semifinals. And then the shock of the week, uh, shock of the week, essentially, Eintracht Frankfurt winning three to two against Barcelona in the Camp Nou. Nick, the floor is yours. Oh, my God, Lucas, I was so close to winning $500, 600 Lucas, I am so upset. Um, it's fine. I, I mean, listen, I hate them so much. But if you look at this game and if you... Uh, watched it, you would think that it was an Eintracht Frankfurt home game, 
the from from the total amount of people in the standing statistically at the beginning of the game, it was like forty thousand Barcelona fans or something like that, and thirty thousand Eintracht Frankfurt fans. And then Eintracht went up two nothing, and Barcelona fans basically started leaving. So the majority of fans were basically Frankfurt fans, and it was kind of treated as like a home game. They had two home games over this fixture, helped them win it, right? I mean, they they beat Barcelona at Barcelona's home, so Barcelona was out. They they won't win the league. They won't win. Uh, they won't win the Europa League. There's no European trophies for them. And uh, I just want to check the Copa del Rey. They're not e- even in the final, so they don't win any trophies this year. And I just think that, uh, yeah, terrible from a betting perspective, uh, but lovely from a Real Madrid fan perspective. In hindsight, I wish I bet Frankfurt. I would have paid out higher. Uh, I, I would have like probably not shown up to this podcast and celebrated or something, but uh, total shame. Rangers Braga, uh, Braga was up one nothing right so over the leg. So they were they were not favored against Rangers, but they were favored to go through if yeah. that makes sense. Uh, so they lost that West Ham. I mean, this was a no brainer for me to bet West Ham. They were plus 230 or something like that, and they were not favored against Lyon. And I just – Lyon has not been impressive at all in the, in league on this year. And so this was this was one of the easiest betting decisions that I made. Uh, Leipzig I also bet in favor of. I forgot what I said last week, but just on a feel, on Atalanta's form and everything. Uh, but ultimately, I agree with you. You know, Frankfurt winning was a shock. This opens a lot of doors, though, for West Ham uh, – to potentially go through, right? Because West Ham plays Eintracht Frankfurt, which is not a uh, not a give me, and then they'll probably end up playing RB Leipzig. What's up? But it's also like it's also not as difficult as if they were to face Barcelona. Exactly. Yes, and that's my point. And uh, and RB Leipzig plays Rangers, so they'll likely be in the final. So West Ham or Eintracht Frankfurt will probably be meeting Leipzig. And West Ham has a chance to win a major trophy for them uh, for the first time since I can't even remember, right? But that'll that's so important for them and for all the other teams remaining because getting that Champions League qualification is so crucial, you know? And I, I, I'm just excited for them. I know Eintracht Frankfurt is not going to make the Champions League just based on their position in the Bundesliga, and I also know that um, West Ham won't I, make the Champions League either. What's up? West Ham won't, won't make the Champions League either uh, in the standings. They will not. Rangers, uh, I don't think will either, just based on like the qualifications you need for the Scottish Premier League. But uh, RB Leipzig is in, you know, is in fourth place currently, so it seems like they'll likely qualify even if they don't win. But still, at the same time, a trophy is a trophy. It's a it's a major trophy, right? And yeah. uh, It'll be cool to see how this plays out for them. For sure. I mean, very exciting for David Moyes. Yes. Where he's come from, how literally three years ago they were in the relegation battle, and now they're in the semifinals of a European competition with, a, I would say, fairly strong road for them to win a trophy and get into the Champions League. That would be incredible for not only them, for the for him for the players, uh, the fans who have stuck by them, just a, an incredible story of what you can do when you have the right 
manager managing the right team and the right players that he wants. I agree with you. I mean, when he was appointed, right, uh, West Ham fans were not happy. And also when, uh, you know, they had their first summer transfer window after he, he helped them through the relegation battle, they had such a kind of what was viewed as a disappointing window that West Ham thought they were going to get relegated again. And then they exceeded expectations massively. They've only continued to do so. Um, there's this one player for West Ham named Bowen. His last name's Bowen. Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen. He's so good. Uh, love watching him play. I think he's like one of the only players in the one of the very few players this season to have like over 10 goals and 10 assists or something like that, like as a stat. So very good player. You know, they have Socek. They have uh, they have like so many other players that we we like. Antonio, obviously, Barama. So I mean, Declan Rice. Declan Rice. Yes. So they've, so. Loved, they've put a price tag of 150 million on. Yes. Mind-boggling. But if they put that price tag and they win the Europa League and go into the uh, Champions League, he's not leaving. No. Yeah, I agree. I mean, going into the Conference League, right? Because we want to do a quick transition before we talk about our the results from this past weekend and then our bets. Um, Roma goes through, beating Glip. Uh, Lucas, I don't know if you heard too much about this, but like the managers, Mourinho, and I forgot the manager's name of Glimp, forgive me. Uh, they got into it really bad. I, I believe like one of the assistant coaches at Roma assault, assaulted uh, their manager, and Mourinho apparently saw it. So there's been just like the, all this shit talking going on between them. Uh, Glimp. I think beat them like a couple times. They played in the group stages from what I yeah. remember. Uh, beat them like in the corner final leg one. And then Roma comes and just smashes them with like a Zanolo like hat trick and Tammy Abraham scoring. And uh, they go through, they play Leicester. And then you have Nord and Marseille on the other side. So my question to you, just super quick question because we don't have to go into detail about everything. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win it out of these four teams? Oh, man. I would say whoever wins the Leicester City and Roma matchup, uh, I would put them ahead of uh, the other fixture. Um, Right now, based off form, Roma is is doing very well. Uh, Yeah, I I would say Roma, and then Leicester, and then Marseille, and then Feyenoord. Okay. I just have a feeling Leicester City is going to win it. So uh, they're my pick throughout. Um, I'm trying to remove the the Premier League bias, but also one thing for Leicester City is they have had players that are injured. That like Jamie Vardy hasn't been playing, um, Daka hasn't been playing. He's been just slowly getting back from injury, so that's why I'm leading Roma because now they're fully healthy. Uh, Zaniolo is is on top of it right now. Um, yeah, that's my prediction. Okay. All right. With that being said, there are two leagues we want to talk about uh, for for the results for this past weekend, right? And it's the Premier League and Serie A. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the Premier League first because there's there's uh, not a lot of details to talk about, right? Our main focus is only going to be on the Manchester City Liverpool game. Uh, and you know, I picked Liverpool to win. They ended up drawing. It's okay. I can live with that. If you did the draw, no bet, no harm, no foul, right? So um, what are your takeaways from this? Because this kind of doesn't change anything from what we saw, right? 
yeah, it doesn't change anything from what we talked about last week. But what it shows is that these two teams are far, far, far and away better than all the other 18 teams in this league. These two teams are literally 100 meters above the standards of what we're used to. And both these coaches have brought this teams up. And who would have thought that Man City, how great they were in the mid-2010s, once Pep came in, they got even better. Klopp, once he came in, he changed that club around. So these two teams really just far and away better than the other two sides. And you can see it by the quality of the football. Uh, They just play so much better. Uh, The tactics are fantastic. They're managed properly. The quality of the players that they have are incredible. Um, Not only that, it's the... I don't know. It's the, um, the way that they get these players to be so invested in the coach's tactics is incredible to see. Uh, I hate both these teams. But, <laughs> like these, I have to give credit where it's due. Like both these teams far and away the best out of any, any competition, any team in any competition, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And this took years for them to build, right? Like they have they their second, uh, starting 11s for both of these teams could qualify for the Champions League. Yeah. And, I mean, that that's a testament to their depth, right? It's not just their starting 11. They have depth, which the other teams that are competing, uh, you know, competing for the league, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United, even Tottenham, you know, I'll put them in there just because of the, the star players that they have. Like, they don't have the depth that these two teams have. So in terms of, like, the wear and tear of a season, right, like Manchester City, they rotate their their players. They don't miss a beat because they have other world-class quality players. Yeah. And it's the same thing as you said. It's all these players are buying in and suit their playing style. So it makes it uh, it makes it even greater for them to, to continue. I just think that, uh, in my opinion, it'll just come down to how they play the remaining games, right? And... Uh, it's a toss-up. Like, it's totally a toss-up, and it's been that way since Liverpool came back. We thought Manchester City uh, would win it just because of the gap that they had. I think, you know, in my opinion, I'm just going to pick Manchester City because they were my original pick, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But both of these teams could drop points along the way. And, I mean, Liverpool has, like, a sl- not, like, a significantly tougher schedule, but a slightly tougher schedule. They play... Manchester United twice, from what I remember, or no, actually just once, once. Um, but they play Manchester United, they play Tottenham, they have the Merseyside Derby, so there, there's more meat on their schedule. Manchester City, from what I remember, only really plays West Ham, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, uh, another fixture I wanted to quickly touch on because we talked about this last week was Everton and Manchester United. Everton yeah. getting a Huge three points for them. Um, we said that this game could really turn around the season for Everton and them getting three points at home, one nil victory with Burnley dropping points. They've essentially further helped themselves remain above relegation battle. Yeah. So now they're four points ahead of Burnley. Burnley was facing Norwich. Norwich won. It's just all like all craziness right now 
Um, but being four points ahead, having that cushion is incredible for Everton, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I agree. And Leeds, too. Leeds coming to life, uh, getting 10 out of possibly 12 points, right? Like, absolutely crushing it and, and absolutely needed it. I feel like they're they're essentially one win away uh, from from taking it. You know, we, we both know Watford and Norwich are essentially out of it in our minds. But, but Leeds' schedule is still super tough, right? They play Crystal Palace, they play Man City, they play Arsenal, Chelsea, and then they play Brighton and Brentford, right? So three winnable games out of their last six is possible. Um, I mean, Everton still, like, fantastic result. Can't speak enough to it. Still have Leicester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester City again, Arsenal, you know, in their five of their last eight games. So super tough for them. Uh, but Burnley, I mean, it's tough, man. It's tough, but uh, they've had a nice run in the Premier League. I don't know what will end up happening to them because they do have more winnable games. But they're, they're just, I don't know, they're just four points behind. It's, it's going to be interesting to see where they make it up. I mean, with Burnley as well, they just sacked Sean Dyche, who was the longest tenured manager uh, in the Premier League. Uh, which is like I think seven or eight years he he's been the manager of Burnley. Three hours ago. Three hours ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's Crazy. why I I just wanted to bring that up because literally three hours ago they uh they sacked him, um which is sad because he has done so well with Burnley to make them consistently strong every year to be able to compete to be able to stay up in the Premier League despite having a net transfer uh budget. Throughout his entire tenure of like eight years of $20 million, which is mind-boggling. Imagine having only $20 million to be able to, in and out, bring players to the club to improve it and still doing the job that he's done. Fantastic to see from him. Shame that he's been sacked. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite Burnley in the ass, but I think Sean Dyche has a bright future. I mean, I agree with you. Like, he's been essentially in the Premier League, kept him up for six consecutive seasons. Um, I just I just think this is a horrible mistake, and this basically seals their relegation, in my opinion. Like, I get their schedule's easier, right? So they're trying to get that manager bump. But, like, you're going to get the manager bump against West Ham. All right. Like, you play Southampton, uh, then you play Watford, and those are kind of your two easier schedules. You still play Wolves, you still play West Ham, you still play Tottenham, Aston Villa twice, and then you play Newcastle. So I just uh, I just think this pretty much seals their fate, and at least in my opinion. And also uh, what you said about Dyche, right? Like they made no signings, no signings yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Like that were that were even like all right, Cornet. Like you signed Cornet or you signed Weghorst. Like are those really the players that you think will keep you up? You lose Chris, Christian Wood, right? Like, I said, like, too many times because I'm just upset. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's it's a sad day for Burnley. Um, yeah, really not a smart move, especially with only eight eight games left in the Premier League. To have a new manager come in, change things around like that is not very likely. Um, so the dip in form is going to continue, in my opinion. No. So, but at, yeah. at the same time, before we go to Serie A, great for the Premier League if Burnley, Watford, and Norwich City go down. Great for them because you keep two of your historic clubs up in Leeds United and Everton, 
Newcastle is basically safe, right? So those are the two that were mainly concerned about historically. Uh, yeah. I don't. I still don't know if Everton will do it, but that Manchester United result helped totally change uh, how it's we a swing right there. Yeah, it's a swing. Yep. Now into the city. Ah, uh, last weekend had a lot of changes that impacted the uh, the title race. Like just this title race has been the tightest race. Actually, no, this and the Premier League title race have both been the tightest. But this is a three-team title race right now. And, man, last weekend, Napoli losing. Milan drawing. Inter winning. So now Inter has a game in hand, two points behind Milan. And Napoli are three points behind Milan with the same games. Ah, man, like, if Inter win their game in hand and they continue to win and win and win, this is theirs. But... All three of these teams seem like they don't want the title. Like Milan dropping four points in their last two games can significantly hurt them. Napoli dropping three points in their last game. Like, man, like, oh, just insane. Like, this is a this is very fun to watch at the moment. If you aren't paying attention to it, if you aren't keeping up, you definitely should. And as I'm saying that right now, Inter are currently playing, and they are up 1-0 in the 40th minute against Spezia. So if they continue and they keep that, uh, they hold on to win, ooh, baby, they are in the pole position at the moment. Can, can I just say, uh, for Inter Milan, right, even though they didn't make it far in the Champions League, this has been an A-plus season for them if they win the Serie A. Yes. Because because you think about all the players that they sold, right? They sold Lukaku, they sold they sold Hakimi. They ended up uh, recovering it by acquiring free chancers and paying for players on smaller fees like Dumfries, signing Jeko, signing uh, Kalinoglu on a free, right? Like doing these these very uh, very savvy moves. And if they win the league again. Right, they have the best goal difference in the league. They're currently winning. If they were to win this game, they'd be a point ahead. Right? Uh, I mean, it, it would be an A plus season in my mind because of what they lost and how they how they essentially recovered from it. And also a great coaching job, right, by Inzaghi. Yes. So, I mean, he was hired. People were disappointed. They've scored the most goals. I believe they conceded the least goals as well. So, I mean. All around, uh, very good, very good managerial job, very good management uh, by Inter Milan to uh, to basically recover despite selling some players. They'll probably continue doing the same thing, Lucas, because they they they're going to probably sell Martinez uh, this window. Mm-hmm. But um, still, very impressive season for them. And I don't know, we've been we've been up and down all, yeah. all year. I know you picked Napoli. I I don't remember who I picked because I I'm pretty sure I was wrong. Uh, but I think you probably picked Juve. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. But then uh, I think we also changed. I think you changed your opinion after Ronaldo left Juve. Yes. You know what? You're right because we had done the recording when Ronaldo was still there, and yeah. that had that had definitely changed my opinion. But yeah, I mean, AC Milan just can't save it for themselves. Like it's it's just incredible how they they don't want to win this title. Uh, Napoli, obviously, we've said it would be the most fun, but it just seems like the answer is simple here, and the answer may just be Inter because they've done it before. 
Yeah. I, I would love to see AC Milan win it, though, personally, because that would be brilliant for the club. Uh, them going back on top, just, I don't know. It's a club with that much history, having them win it, or Napoli winning it for the first time. Yes. And, like, yeah, it just, uh, you would just love to see it. Now, with that, Nick, I think that's the only thing that I really wanted to talk about when it came to the city. Uh, let's talk about our bets. Last week was last week. Sorry about that. Last week was not a good week for us. Uh, I went two for three. Nick went one for three. So we went three for six. But I mean, we were due. We were bound to. We were bound to have that happen. We had done so well. But this week we're gonna bounce back. And Nick, hit me with your two bets because I right. think have the same bets okay so i have the arsenal money line over southampton uh, <laughs> you have that one too yeah, i do okay so i mean this is great because you get you get minus 105 I, that's when i locked it in I, i'm sure it's minus 110 right now uh but arsenal lost two in a row right you would want you would expect them to turn around and play well against southampton despite the fact that they have some injuries i still think that uh I still think that they're capable of fighting for the Champions League, although it seems like Spurs have turned the corner. But they need to get a result. Uh, and I just think they're to play against Southampton, who lost to Chelsea 6 nothing, uh, who don't really have anything to play for, in my opinion, is a good value bet. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, that was my bet as well. <laughs> Funny enough. Let's see if we have our same second bet. Okay. You want me to give my second one? No, I'm going to give it, and you okay. can let me know if it's the same one. Okay. Uh, Real Madrid money line plus 135 versus Sevilla. No, but I love that bet. Okay. All right, good. At least we don't have both bets that are the same, but yeah, man, I love that bet. We've always said whenever you have a chance to get Real Madrid in plus money, uh, especially when it's against the top four team and they need to continue to win and essentially keep that momentum going, going into the Champions League fixtures— Take that. Just take that. They're they're brilliant. They're coming off a really strong high, but also they took they lost. So now they can take that loss against Chelsea and work on it and improve and learn from their lessons. So I think they're gonna bounce back and win against Sevilla. Yeah, I like that pick. Um my second bet is actually the Brentford money line against Watford. So Brentford have been in great form. Uh, I don't. I believe they've won every single game since Erickson was inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, so that's four in a row. They play Watford, who is 18th in the league table, been just bad all year. Uh, you get them at plus 150 for the straight-up money line, and I really like that. So I put 20 on that to, to win 50. My Arsenal bet, I, I put seven to win uh, 1367. So those are my two bets. I really like that Brentford bet. Like you said, uh, once Erickson came in, that team changed. And you can see the change in the uh, players as well. You see Ivan Toney uh, perform so well now. Uh, you see Embueno, like he's fantastic at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Let, let's hope those three bets bounce back. Uh, but, I mean, I guess those are the three bets that, that we're going to stick with. Given that we both chose the Arsenal bet, I would say put double of what your unit is on that Arsenal bet. Uh, yeah, Southampton coming off a 6-0 loss against against Chelsea. Arsenal needing to win. I think that's that's a good, good sign. 
All right. So hopefully we'll go three for three. I really like actually our bets for this weekend. Uh, we're 17 for 24 overall. So that's still a really good winning percentage. And we'll see what happens, Lucas. We will. Hopefully all good news, all, all three for three. But I, I'm very confident in it. Yeah. And hopefully we will see some techers. Hopefully we will see some techers. Nick, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we tell everybody to enjoy them techers? Um, give me one second, Lucas. I feel like the answer is no, but I, as you know, I always love to scroll soccer Reddit to see what's <laughs> up uh, because they always have stuff. I know Fabrizio uh, announced that they agreed to terms with uh, personal terms with Ten Hag, right? Yeah. Manchester United, but we already discussed that. Yeah. Uh, we discussed briefly Son- Sean Dyche leaving. Um, let me see. Is there anything else? See. I mean, we're going to have a, an episode of all the transfers anyways. So I didn't want to bring it up this episode. Yeah. But right. Erling Holland news is starting to heat up. So we'll keep, we'll keep that information for down the road as it starts to get more uh, relevant and more reliable. But at the moment definitely starting to heat up yeah i guess i guess that's it lucas i guess we don't have anything else well right. oh actually seven, seven hours ago the ricketts family have withdrawn their final bid to buy chelsea so uh very good news for chelsea fans who never wanted them to buy the club anyway uh we'll see what happens and who's gonna lead the race to get them uh that's a great shout uh that is actually the deadline was is today for chelsea uh for people to put bids in for Chelsea uh, to buy them. So that's actually a great shot. That's something to watch out for to, um, as things are going to come out. Uh, we are recording this on April 15th, Friday. So that is when the deadline is. That'll be interesting. That's going to have a significant impact on the club itself and its future. Yeah. Two, two other things before we go. Uh, there's a very sick clip of Benzema uh, talking to Vinny to tell him how to find the space for him to score the winner before uh, before they actually do it. So I'll send that to you, Lucas. It's actually really sick. I'll send that to you. Post, and, post it on our, on our Instagram. Okay, I'll post it. And uh, the, the next thing I, I wanted to talk about is just that Pedri tore his hamstring. Uh, super yeah. sad. Super sad. But this, this is something we talked about, him playing the amount of games he did for as young of an age – as he had this, this effectively ends his season. Right. And, uh, just feel so bad for him because he's so talented. Yeah. Very sad. Hopefully he'll be back in time for the upcoming season and then be at full strength for the world cup because everybody is going to want to watch the young star in the world cup for sure. He's a vital, uh, component to that Spain, Spain team. Last thing, what do you make of Bernardo smashing? Uh, the kid's phone. Oh, yeah. He, he, bro, you get heated. After after you take losses, you get heated. Um, but it's definitely not right. I mean, there's not nothing more than, that you can say about that. It's just not right. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's right. I also feel like uh, it's gone a little bit crazy overblown. Like, they make it seem like he, like, attacked his kid. He just smacked the phone yeah. out of his hand. Buy him a new phone. And Ronaldo did offer to bring that kid uh, to Old Trafford for a game. Yeah. So give him tickets, help him out, like apologize and all that. They declined, but I think it's funny uh, because they're, make, they're kind of milking it. Just get the kid a new phone. Get yeah. Get him 
gets to whatever game he wants. If they don't want it, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Exactly. All right, Lucas, with that being said, I'll talk to you later. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy them, Tigers, everybody.